are now listening to the Melanated Movement Podcast with Tess and Anne. We invite you to take a deep breath, open your mind, and prepare to go on this wild ride. Episode loading in five, four, three, All right, welcome to the third episode of the Melanated Movement Podcast with Tess and Anne. <laughs> this episode, we'll be diving into how we love. As always, this is Anne, and I am with the divine Tess. Well, hello, hello, Anne. I'm well, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I can't complain. We're in Scorpio season, so I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm telling you, we're feeling the energy. It's fantastic. It Our solar great. return is here. We're doing the thing. I it's know. yes, I'm I'm very happy. Me too. The blessings have been flowing. No, no complaints yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to dive right in. Um <laughs> some topics may be a bit uncomfortable, but it's uh, what we're about. We're about speaking about uncomfortable things, and we're gonna scratch the topic of um, Vulnerability. Vulnerability. We're gonna like just get the tip of the iceberg because that is such a huge topic. So we're not gonna dive too too far into it because mm-hmm. there's different elements, of course. Um, but we are gonna scratch the surface a little bit. So grab your drink, grab a snack, get comfortable. Yes, please get comfortable exactly. as you lean into maybe as we lean into some of that discomfort. Exactly. <laughs> not you guys. You have anything to do with it. It's just relaxing <laughs> and listening. But still, the, oh my gosh! Hopefully, a little bit of the discomfort goes through the you know the earphones. And you're like, yes. oh, I feel that. I understand I that. I get that. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do, girl. <laughs> okay, you ready to dive in? I am ready to dive in. I, I think that we're we're working, well, not working, but we're sharing and scratching the surface of vulnerability, specifically as it relates to like how we love in general, right? And how we love into the world, how we navigate like these different realms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, so let's do this thing. Yeah. Love is a hard topic. I feel like once we enter the realm of love, there's different layers, different tiers, mm-hmm. what love looks like to different people and mm-hmm. how love is expressed. You know what I mean? So with that, um, how do we love? In what you know, in what way do we feel like this this is what we're looking for? This makes sense. This, you know, this this feels right. Like what mm-hmm. feeling do you have? What what emotions do you go through? You know what I mean? Before to say, you know what, I feel like this is what I'm looking for and I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to find this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like what goes through your headspace? I had posted something or we posted something on our page um, regarding dating mm-hmm. um, a few days ago. It was about, okay, dating as someone of color, dating as a black person. When you're on like dating apps or if you meet someone new, do you go through that thought process of does this person date black people? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. does, would this person understand me if I'm talking to them about something so specific? Would I have to, you know what I mean? Do, would I have to kind of like code switch for them to understand like where I'm coming from like do you think about that Ooh. when it comes to like oh yeah into that? oh my gosh absolutely I I remember very clearly um just having conversations like I was like in the realm of like you know in a space of like dating mm-hmm. and it was also like around the time where like all of the racial upheaval was happening and um you know America was like really growing more of a conscience towards like all things like race like racial and all things oppression and privilege and um I remember 
this is not something that I normally would have included as part of like my line of, I don't like to call it my line of questioning, <laughs> but you know, just like my, my, the question that I, like I asked typically in a dating realm, but it became very important. It became more prevalent to me and more important for me to like ask somebody, especially who doesn't look the same as me. And, um, I remember feeling just, I struggled with some of the responses that I was getting back mm-hmm. and I remember struggling with some of the reactions to the challenges that um th- that we were facing as a collective mm-hmm. and feeling a little bit burnt out by it and subsequently when I went on like another date with someone um who is who was white I remember very very defensively even just kind of like spewing out like these are the things that I will not stand for. Mm-hmm. These are my beliefs. And I am like, it was just like very much like this armor thing, mm-hmm. right? Definitely nothing like vulnerability. <laughs> but definitely it's just like going into it, just diving straight, going straight for it. Like just like, this is what I want. This is what I look for. And this is what I'm not going to tolerate. Mm-hmm. If you're not of this belief, if you're not of this opinion or whatever the case is like, then like this is, I'm you know, just let's, let's just, let's just end this right, right. now. Um, it was great knowing you. And I thinking back on it I definitely could have gone about it in a different way mm-hmm. um but it, that's what it creates at least that, that's the experience that I've had how yeah. about you oh that one's a tough one <laughs> because like I do go through the thought process of okay I wonder if this person has ever been with like a black person a Haitian person or whatever mm-hmm. and I hate when someone's like <laughs> I mean it's I mean like okay the response is normal but like it gives you emotion after you hear it when they're like oh I've never dated a black person before but you can be my first mm. or like oh I've never I, I know <laughs> I've never dated a Haitian girl before but you can be my first and that's like okay great cool <laughs> however comma like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like sometimes you don't want to be the first like I don't want to teach you how to not be this or not to be that in certain spaces and um and it's kind of like what about me now changes your opinion like was that right. what you were experiencing before have you always wanted to date someone of color like is that but because you know like we have such analytical minds too like we go way we past like the surface answer we really do yeah like I want to know okay so I'm your type now but mm-hmm. like five years ago you wasn't into black girls why you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just it, I definitely go way too deep um when it comes to that but then i mean people are discussing too well not disgusting but there's like some um dating on some dating apps they'll say i do not date black people or i do not date whatever oh my my gosh when you see stuff like that you're like oh okay i hope that person stays single for a very long time brood because like i feel like that's part of an intimate conversation Mm -hmm. or you just don't swipe right right Right. if someone of color likes you you just don't like them swipe left and Mm -hmm. keep it pushing but for that to be part of your bio is a whole other thing to unpack so that is definitely part of like my process of you know like thinking like is that is that something that that person would be into? But also for me, mm-hmm. like us being like not the whole conversation we had last time, not just black, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a Haitian person, so I don't just go through the regular black American experience. Mm-hmm. I go through the Haitian experience. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that like for me, I'm, I want to be, I want to date someone that will understand, not necessarily know exactly what the Haitian experience is because every experience is a little bit different mm-hmm. however being like open to okay that makes sense or that doesn't make sense or being open to listening or being able to empathize with what I've what I've gone through and being able to be completely like 
kind of like enveloped in that culture almost. Cause I feel like a lot because we're such family people, we are involved with our family a lot. Yeah. But like whoever we're dating tends to do those events with us. So are you willing to be, you know, in that Haitian experience mm-hmm. with me? Because it's I mean, it's not that it's not for the week, but it's a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Sometimes you got to give them that prep talk before we go to the party. You Agreed. know what I'm saying? We go there. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be careful of these things. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a question that has crossed my mind, like, you know, a few times. You know, it's a very good point that you just brought up that I feel like there is, at least from my experience, it has been like this conflating of like the, like the black experience in America, like, you know, America born mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Haitian immigrants who also we are part of the same collective, mm-hmm. but our experiences are different. different for sure. um, I think culturally there are so many layers that we have to navigate, um, especially for like first generation or second generation, you know, um, immigrants. And like there is like this kind of like this belonging to two worlds that we experience. Mm-hmm. And for example, be like I'm moving here with like my sister, right? We have like uh, about 13, 13 years or so apart. And she has been more like impregnated and like into like the American culture mm-hmm. here. And so a lot of like the, the vernacular, a lot of the language, a lot of the connection, a lot of the, like she's able to really kind of like reach across and mm-hmm. just like, just blend in more yeah. seamlessly than I can. I and what that has created for me in, especially in like in my own dating, like experience is that there's, there is a group of people that are just kind of were, at least, at least for my belief system, like were kind of like inaccessible to me because they wouldn't understand mm-hmm. or, and, and it just, it's so weird. And I don't know if you've experienced that, Anne, but like feeling that I am not, black enough to be part or date this collective but i'm and i'm not any other enough Mm -hmm. to to be part of like another collective and so like what is like the closest thing that i get to experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) um where i feel seen culturally i feel seen in my language Mm -hmm. and i feel seen um just just overall right right? and i'm able to see my 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 person equally Mm -hmm. and it's wild because you think like the answer, like the straightforward answer to that would be like, well, just date like another like fellow Haitian person, mm-hmm. which in a heteronormative context is probably once again, like more accessible. Right. But then when you're trying to like go into like the, like into like queer spaces, right. When it comes to that, right. it just becomes just generally more challenging oh, yeah. once again, because of like what our culture like what our culture kind of like dictates and what our culture just sort of like created where there's just so many restrictions and so much stigma mm-hmm. around queerness and and loving someone who you know share the same gender or yeah. body parts as you <laughs> so um right, it's the only Haitian queer person I knew for a long time it's in that wild that's crazy and, and you and you were <laughs> the queer person I knew for a long time as well and even you know before I talking about vulnerability <laughs> just leaning right into it like speaking even like even like coming to terms with like my own like identity it one of the biggest challenges was like well okay so then look so now like now what mm-hmm. and and what does it mean what does it mean for my collective? What does it mean for like my culture? What does it mean for our family? Mm-hmm. What does it mean in just so many different contexts? And it so like, really is it heavy. even right? And like, is it even safe for me to like allow myself to even go into mm-hmm. that space? And oh man, it's just really, it, it can be 
very difficult. It is. I agree with you. I, I went through the same thing because I did feel like, okay, me being a little bit different, because I, I came to the States when I was really young. Mm-hmm. So, like, you would think... I would have a better connection with the culture. And I feel like I feel like I held myself from being too connected. Mm-hmm. But then I also lost my connection with like both at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know how like you go somewhere and you learn a new language and you forget your original? Yeah. That's how I feel like it was for me dating a little bit. So it's like um, I want to date someone who understands my culture, you know, like in, in the way of being Haitian. But I want to I wanna also be seen as a black person. In a lot of spaces, the whole like... I've experienced a lot of bullying, like, just in general, when it came to, okay, you talk like a white person. Mm. So, like, I wouldn't be, like, black enough to be with the with the black people. But then that same that same thing was being told to me by my Haitian, you know, collective, oh, you sound white. So then you wouldn't be really fitting in with them. But then, like, as a black person, you never really fit in with the white kids anyway, no matter how much you try to. So there was this weird space that I've, I've been in for a long time, but I eventually found my tribe when it came to friendships. But, like, romantic relationships that was a big thing because now you're looking for someone that you can have a conversation with that understands even a portion of what your culture will look like and for a long time I did think that like oh dang like I'm not sure if I could date like a black American is because like maybe I don't understand them enough and I don't want to seem like you know what I mean like there's certain things that just don't click that don't make sense to me and then vice versa like what if they don't feel seen so that was that was something that I thought about like yes of course I'll date someone black mm-hmm. I mean, why not right. I don't have to be all in that chocolate. <laughs> um, however, I did I did feel a hesitancy to it because like I didn't feel accepted in that space. You know what I mean? And then I just there's a lot of things that that come up um, regarding that. And eventually, like I was like, okay, fuck it. We're just gonna put ourselves out there and we're gonna make ourselves seen and we're gonna find the connections that make the most sense. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where that person is from and where you're from, you're gonna find common ground or you're not. Just, that is facts. Yeah. So yes. I had to step out of that because definitely I was holding myself back by having that conversation with myself. Like, dang, what if I don't understand them and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. But then it is about connection. Like people from opposite sides of the world fall in love and you know create beautiful families you know what i mean mm-hmm. why can't you be with someone who just you know what i mean it's a little bit different i have a follow up okay. <laughs> cuz okay. cuz um i i I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you said, like vulnerability drive connection and connection is what like really just is at the core of any re- like interpersonal relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all fun and games. And it's yeah, and I understand like where you're coming from. And it's and it's it, it holds truth. Mm-hmm. Right. It holds true. Sorry. But there's also the fact that we're navigating these spaces as loving individuals who happen to be at the intersection of all of these identities at once right yeah. at mm-hmm. once and one of these identities um is being like a black person in america mm-hmm. and the history of that right rooted in so much like oppression including our own internalized oppression mm-hmm. right so i know that like part of like what we're going to also talk about eventually is going to be like the definition of like a beauty texturism mm-hmm. and colorism you know like everything. colorism but also like our bo- like body standards mm-hmm. right and just being comfortable in our bodies and what does that look like and so i do know like i hold a, a degree of like internalized like fat phobia for example mm-hmm. and internalized misogyny and that inc- also internalized um anti-blackness mm-hmm. no matter how much like 
I we're being vulnerable and we're being truthful and we're being like honest about like the way that we view ourselves, the world and mm-hmm. the lens through which we interpret all of these things. Right. And holding such internalized like, you know, anti-blackness or internalized oppression, like how much of the connection that we seek is rooted into finding someone who's able to help us access places of privilege mm-hmm. and how much of that connection is rooted in someone being able to understand our encounters and experiences right. with oppression. <laughs> understanding how that looks like being unpacked. Because like, right. telling somebody this is like the whole anti-blackness, mm-hmm. that is something that so many of us experience. Mm-hmm. And finding someone that you can have this conversation with that doesn't give you like that weird look mm-hmm. like, what the, you know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And being able to express, no, but this is what my day looks like. Right. This is what life for me looks like. This is this is the view from my realm. And I've been taught to not love myself as deeply as I should to be able to be as vulnerable as I should to be able to be in this space with you. Mm-hmm. And being able to be that vulnerable and unpack that is extremely intense. <laughs> and to find someone that is willing to have that conversation and actually see you, mm-hmm. you for you with everything um, peeled back and being able to see you yourself and understanding that within itself is a privilege. Imagine mm. how much armor you have to put on. Imagine what you just said about the armor you entered with, with that conversation with with that person who wasn't black. And wow. For the conversation to follow with anyone about, okay, now I can be in this space and these are the things I won't tolerate because these are the things I've experienced previously. Mm-hmm. That's so intense. And, like, you don't really think about it when you're thinking, okay, great, I'm in my dating, my dating zone, I'm looking for new people, whatever. But when you take it, like, a step back, you're like, yo, in order for me to be able to get close to anybody, mm-hmm. I have to understand what this means within myself and be able to express it to them mm-hmm. so that we're meeting in the same place. Right. Meeting in this in the same space of vulnerability to now understand where we're both coming from and being mm-hmm. like, you know what, this connection makes sense. Yes. You you couldn't have said it more beautifully. Honestly, this is we just went straight for it. It was like speaking of vulnerability. <laughs> when we rec- we recorded this episode um about like what last week sometime. Yeah. And we were like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know. Are we ready to like go into these vulnerable spaces? Because we really kind of like delve into our own like dating, like dating rituals, like dating processes mm-hmm. and how we view like the potential of like that, of like the person sitting across from us, like mm-hmm. at a restaurant, wherever the space, like wherever we are. And and then we're like, no, maybe we're going to like just kind of like stay right above that, like the surface level. We just right. kind of like touch just on like, it touch a little bit. bit. Just like, hey, go on, dip a little oh, bit. Okay, good. I still watch it. But then not delve into it. But then now we're like, we just went straight for mm-hmm. these more like um, overarching vulnerability points, if mm-hmm. I can, if I can call it that. Right. And so when you talk about connection with that person and being able to be in that space, and you mentioned also like armor for someone who is as like racially aware as you are, mm-hmm. when does that armor come off? That's a good question. Like at what point do you feel comfortable taking that armor off and coming to that person mm-hmm. there? Right. That's a good way. <laughs> in our previous episode, well, not previous, but because um, Tush just mentioned, we did try to, we have an original episode three. Mm-hmm. And we did go through like a list of questions. You know, we, we do a lot of prep before episodes. We do research. We look up, you know, what we want to do, how we want to tackle it, what angle we want to go in. And we want to make sure we're engaging with each other, engaging with the audience. 
And when we listened to the first one, even though we enjoyed it, you know, because it is the <laughs> Melanie Movement podcast with Tess and Anne, how could you not enjoy it? <laughs> it just wasn't as vulnerable as, you know, we both imagined it to be mm-hmm. because we are we are tackling something that you do have to remove that armor to really discuss and mm-hmm. to think, okay, at what point do you take off that armor when it comes to dating is such a huge question because how often do you put on your armor in general right like everywhere you go you have a layer on there's only but so much you're going to give in every situation Mm -hmm. but entering that space where you're looking to connect with someone on a deeper level where you're entering that romantic space at what point do you remove that armor I know, like, for example, like, if you're using, like, um, like a dating app or something, mm-hmm. and at least in the queer space, and this is where I'm speaking, like, for the things that I've experienced, I'll meet someone on the app, I'll talk to them for however long, and we're going back and forth, and the conversation is to get to the, get to, it's, it is going through the removal process of mm-hmm. the armor, getting to know them past the what's your favorite color. I don't even know who even still asks that anymore, but, I mean... <laughs> Like, we're getting into, like, like how many kids do you want? Like, do mm-hmm. you have any kids? Do you have any pets? You know what I mean? Like, what do you like to do for fun? How do you take care of yourself? Yeah. Speaking of cruise spaces, what's your what's your um, sun, moon, and rising sign? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was told that's actually very forward to ask someone. Is it really? Oh, my God. Someone told me that that was... Um, <laughs> No that idea. could be a red flag. Were you there when there was like all these red flags online? Like Justin the boy on Instagram oh, yeah. was like, "Oh, if you do this, this, or whatever, a red flag." And then it was like for like for three days, like a red flag mm-hmm, phenomenon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So apparently, a red flag is is really diving into that person's, you know, chart. Like if you if you meet someone and you are all into astrology and, and you know you're very spiritually connected and you meet someone that you think is pretty cool and you ask them what their sun moon and rising is and what that means and then you start to tell them how their um how they are placed then affects you and how you guys are in- oh, apparently boy. you keep, that is a red flag for some people so be careful <laughs> out there people. <laughs> This is proceed very, with caution because I will caution. not stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to know. So, so I was like, okay, so you don't know what your moon is? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what your rising is? Oh, excuse me. Red flag. You know what I mean? You, you don't know what time you were born? Oh, how dare you oh, how not dare know? You? Right. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I have to ask my mom every month, mom, what time was I born? Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but we're expecting these like, things off from you, my date. Exactly. <laughs> like, I need to know that to make sure, like, the date is even worthy of me yeah, showing up. Yeah, I better call you know? your mom right now. Period. Call her. I'll wait for you on the side here. Before we go inside to the restaurant, just call her really quick. No, but yeah, that's a red flag. So be careful. <laughs> It's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So but I think I think um, the dating realm now, like understanding what vulnerability actually looks like is definitely tough. Because if you are going through and you're going to the dating app, like, is it real or is it fake? And at what point do you feel like safe enough to meet the person and really get to see them face to face? And it goes deeper than that and so on and so forth. But we can dive into that further. But that first question really hit my spirit. <laughs> right. Like, I'm still thinking about it because being someone who is heavily armored, or mm-hmm. I used to be, because I do, I do feel like I did walk around with a very heavy armor. I was, I was in a, I was in the military for a long time and I was queer. And there, like, for people who were in the military um, before the Don't Act, Don't Tell, like, came, came about, you could be queer, but you had to keep that thing to yourself. No one can even have a clue that you're out here doing 
doing anything that wasn't heteronormative. Like you would lose your job, you would lose money, you lose pay, you lose rank. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, I have I've had plenty of armors on where to include my uniform right like my uniform was the biggest armor i ever wore because no one really knew who i was unless we had some type of intimate time together and even then if i knew you on the military side you only got but a piece of me because mm. I, I didn't feel like i was comfortable enough to really express oh this is all of me because you never really know who's really on your side right no that's like, true and don't get me wrong i've made some amazing like friends to the military like lifelong friends that we still you know keep in contact with each other we make sure like we keep in contact with successes failures anything that's changing but that's not that's not your whole world like it's, it right. was like it couldn't be because I felt like I couldn't be myself in that space mm -hmm. so before when I was in the military my armor was a little thick because mm -hmm. you're in you're surrounded by military personnel you're surrounded by a lot of the military or, or police officers specifically in the reserve mm -hmm. so you couldn't really say anything you can't express yourself it was hard for you to be black in that space because a lot of a lot of black soldiers remarked and like unable to adopt or things mm -hmm. like that, especially mm -hmm. in the spaces that I've been in, I've seen it happen so many times. And it's then you'll have someone of, of another color going through just they can't adapt, but they will still make it like through an entire career through the military type thing. Mm -hmm. So life within itself has given me a pretty dense armor. And then within the last two years of me like acclimating myself out of the military and jumping into dating and jumping into getting to know myself and jumping into new chapters of myself and really like finding what I even look like because mm -hmm. the armor was so thick. You had to peel some layers. Oh my goodness. And then for me to then appear in front of someone else and say, hey, I want to date you. Like, girl, like, do you even know what is even going on with, within yourself to really approach someone to be in that space where now you're expecting them to be vulnerable with you? Mm. So that first question kind of like put me a little yeah. bit into reality. Like, whoa, like mm -hmm. this is where I should be in order to really discover certain things about others more so even like myself. Right. Anyway, so episode That's, three is like. <laughs> yeah, this is. Who the intensity has. I, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't anticipating us like going into the the sub subatomic space of this conversation mm -hmm. honestly because i just as i'm talking to you like it really just came to me because you, you mentioned like armor and that, that is a recurring theme for like i think the both of us um you mentioned it like from like such a concrete way right the military like you are encouraged you are like you are told mm -hmm. <laughs> to really have that armor on like it's because it, it is about survival mm -hmm. right and and we in conversations that we normally have even outside of the space right here like we always like we, we tend to to talk about like survival quite a bit mm -hmm. survival outside of like the realm of what we we've we've known and what does like true liberation like look like like what does that right. look like for us mm -hmm. um and it looks like getting ourselves out of that survival mode mm -hmm. to like really living and then to really get live, to thriving right. right and that is the same concept when you when it when it pertains to like black rage when it comes to when it pertains to like the aggression when it comes like pertains to like like just black liberation as a whole mm -hmm. even in the dating realm like ridding ourselves of that armor is such a big act of vulnerability right. and i think for us as black queer folk it's even it goes even further. Mm -hmm. It's even deeper. Mm -hmm. It requires such intentionality because we don't know what's waiting on the other side of that um, layer mm -hmm. that we peel away. And I, I don't know now, like, as I'm sitting across from you listening to your answer to that question, like, or us navigating that together, I don't know whether I want, like, is it 
I don't know which one is easy, like easier. Is it easier to like have some date someone who maybe like doesn't maybe doesn't look like you um is from a different race different set of experiences but then um understands and empathizes or maybe not empathizes but like definitely sympathizes Mm -hmm. and does the work themselves to understand like what your day might look like and how it definitely is going to look different than theirs Mm -hmm. differently than theirs and then try to like stand up for you whenever like when when they when when it's necessary to um, utilize their privilege to create access for you right, in exactly. spaces otherwise maybe not so easily accessible mm. and creating a safe space for you to just cry it out or and be vulnerable and not have an armor because right. that armor puts I put that armor on the moment I step out the door exactly and is it or <laughs> or dating someone who struggles very similarly and encounters the same or similar degrees of like oppression on the scale of oppression and privilege Mm -hmm. and is able to empathize in a way that doesn't even require maybe a lot of words and just intimately connects to that struggle Mm -hmm. but feels the same way so then therefore if we're coming home after experiencing the same day Mm -hmm. or similar like similar struggles like like is it is it better to have someone on the outside of it to be able to provide that, you know, support, understanding yeah. and, and and conversation and connection or somebody who intimately has experienced it as well and then we're getting solace and not comfort together. Right. But then you go into that sub layer of being Haitian mm-hmm. and a little extra. And what I have experienced and um and I've it took it took me a long time to even like just commit to that thought what i have experienced is that a lot of because of the space there's so much pride in our history um after you know colonization like we the way in which we like the way we obtain our independence um was through blood and sacrifice Mm -hmm. and you know just just a revolution where we like physically strong armed people out of the country right right? it's it's a vastly different experience than that of what we experience here Mm -hmm. because my revolution or my understanding of the history in our revolution also created liberation for people who like for black people right in general so my revolution is intimately connected to my blackness of course right Mm -hmm. Revolution here is vastly different of because a, even There's after the independence, mm-hmm. independence held a different meaning. Mm-hmm. It holds it for right. different people. So my independence, my history of Haiti and its independence is a very different history uh, of America and of America's independence. Mm-hmm. And so even navigating the space of such pride and it's hard sometimes and I've noticed it and I've experienced it for Haitian folk even living here in mm-hmm. America to truly contend with oppression as a living, breathing thing, mm-hmm. as a, as a reality mm-hmm. that intimately impacts an entire collective. They don't view it the same. They don't. Mm-hmm. And I've, and, and there's a lot of the weight of their own success and 
I agree. And, 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 and um, what do you call it? Like success and motivation mm-hmm. that is very individually like based. I agree. They believe in the effort of the individual versus the effort of like a, of, of the challenge of a collective. Yes. And so trying to even explain that sometimes to like say, okay, I want to date somebody that is so intimately connected to my experience, so intimately connected to everything that I, that I have, my culture, my identity and all of that stuff. Right. And, you know, let's say unicorn, there happen to be queer and Haitian or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we're, they, they still, it still won't align in the way that you imagined. I imagine because my understanding of oppression and privilege has vastly, like deepened since I've lived here. Mm-hmm. Not to say that theirs hasn't, but it's just it can be very difficult to unsubscribe from the pride that we've always felt mm-hmm. in this idea that it all comes from us mm-hmm. of pulling yourself by your bootstraps mm-hmm. and that and that alone is going to guarantee your success yes. to just then admitting or even like coming to terms with like Yes, individual effort is going to be necessary. Of course. It, you're going to have to bust your ass and do and work really hard. Mm-hmm. But it's not always guaranteed because even then. <laughs> God's like, I have something. Right. Something even then, like, you know, white supremacy, like, rears its ugly head. Yeah. And so. <laughs> there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of aspects that we don't, I feel like we don't really, like, account for. But I, I definitely know what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. it is, there is a difference that, like, having that type of understanding and that level of understanding, no matter if someone had the same experience that you had, the perspective is different. So they're not going to retain the same lessons that you may have retained and they're not going to see it in this. They may not see it in the same way. And even what if you meet someone that literally understands you down to like a T, then what? Right. Like if you feel completely understood from A to Z with this person, like what is the continuation? What's the Mm -hmm. next step? If mm-hmm. I know you from head to toe and we're going about this life and we want to continue this, if I know you that well, does that mean I can then assume what the next step is or I can mm. assume what this will may, may look like and it could just completely turn into garbage? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, okay, then the assumption starts to happen and then you don't, you no longer feel heard right. because this person is, is assuming that they know you and they're trying to go about it that way. But then again, it's about perception. Mm-hmm. So... I, I understand. I understand that. And the <laughs> what you said specifically, though, it's very true. And I've seen it in different lights. And then, like, it makes me think of, okay, so there's a few things that's happened in my life. So when I, so I came to the States when I was four, almost five years mm-hmm. old. And I went to middle school in Palm Beach County. So in middle school, how many years ago was that? That was, like, in 02, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, in middle school... Um, when, if you were Haitian, like you were told that you were like bottom of the earth, scum of the earth, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then being a Haitian person, there's no way you can convince me I'm scum. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. God told me I was great and I will continue to feel that yeah, way. No, that, no human it. can make me feel anything otherwise. Right. So, but that was a big thing. Like we got bullied for being Haitian. Like people, like it was always like Yankees versus Zoles, like at our school. And then by the, like, so that was like sixth grade, right? By the time eighth grade happened, 
everybody was like, um, yeah, that shift. Oh my god, there was a huge shift, and now all those are great, blah blah blah. Specifically in Palm Beach County, like Mm -hmm. specifically here, I can't talk for anywhere else. So, like, when like going into like high school with that type of mindset, I already I never believed when someone told me I was beneath them because you couldn't you couldn't convince me. And in eighth grade, when everybody was really like popping that, you know. I was like, okay, I see what you guys are doing here. But I was never with the hype, but I liked the shift. Mm -hmm. And then just talking to other Haitians, other Zoes, they thought the same way I thought. Nobody, specifically American people, can make me feel that I am less than because I am the one who freed most of the ones that are saying that. When Haiti got their revolution or got got their independence, they freed eight other countries. Mm -hmm. So when there's like a lot of riffraff when it comes to Haiti, like if you ever look at a Haitian's face, like they just look unfazed. Is that just me? Like, like you'll see all this no. shit happen. You'll see people talking shit about Haitians, about Zoes. And, like, a Haitian's face will never move. Like, we mm-hmm. have that permanent bitch face, especially when there's, like, bullshit happening. I'm yeah. Saying, like, yeah, you, a, just get, you just see, like, a scowl in response. Never, right? yeah. There's never mm-hmm. any belief that we feel that we are beneath you. Right. And coming from that level of pride... And then having to understand Haitian independence and mm-hmm. American independence and seeing the difference and what that looked like, mm-hmm. it is very hard to really conform to that reality. Right. Like they're like we are intimately connected. That independence, like Haitian independence and the American independence, of course, is very intimately connected. However, as as a Haitian person, like there is that there is that that sense of pride that okay. I feel like I am this because I am Haitian. I'm not just black, like we right. said in our last episode. Right. So I was like, okay, imagine that headspace, and then now you're meeting someone that is like black American, and you're trying to then explain to them the way that you feel about certain things. Like, does it mesh? Does it make sense? Does it co- like you know? Does it connect the way that you imagine it? Because that person shares the same skin color as you. That person mm-hmm. experiences a lot of similar things to you, but do they understand? you to the way that you feel like you like you know I mean to the way that you're deeply rooted yeah yeah so that one's a tough one yeah <laughs> that one's a really tough one and understanding or finding that mm-hmm. person that understands you and find mm-hmm. that level of understanding like do you ever find that level of understanding right I, I I think that I'm of the opinion that you 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 can never get every single thing that you desire in one individual Mm -hmm. and so like you 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 get to you get to choose like your line of your line of like just like your most important traits and what's most important to you Mm -hmm. which is why I think I I I disagree I do where I do believe that there is like internalized oppression is a thing um internalized anti-blackness is a thing Mm -hmm. and I carry all of those things within me I I, I believe I'm, I'm with you. I think that ultimately we get to make the decision right. as to, you know, what what we want out of that connection with the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, though I will say it can be easier when the person looks like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's just it's a lot to unpack. Even looking at dating across like across your across races mm-hmm. because it will bring every single person belonging to a specific like ethnic group or racial group will come with their own like set of beliefs they will come with their own understanding of the world and they're at different levels of their own learning of 
or unlearning mm-hmm. of like what they have been indoctrinated into from from jump right mm-hmm. and so i think that what i can speak to is speaking of vulnerability is that i didn't realize how much of my own like interracial dating or relationship experience was rooted in survival mm-hmm. survival in the sense of that i know from what i have learned when i moved here that there were just worse spaces that people would just look at me differently um, or just not even open the door as easily. And though I didn't intentionally seek out to date like interracially, I just found that connection to be easier to to foster. Mm-hmm. Again, because there's such a small pool of like black queer individuals or even like black cis hetero individuals who also understand queerness and don't feel threatened by it Mm -hmm. right um and so dating um you know interracially has been like there's like this adjacent connection to my culture Mm -hmm. where the food was maybe similar and like the music you know could like i could vibe the music very similarly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and there was like that like connection to some degree of oppression as well that they could like relate to Mm -hmm. but then when it when it came to what they could pass as they were higher on the totem pole of privilege than i was and therefore if we were traveling going somewhere going to like a specific like type of restaurant or country Mm -hmm. um because i enjoy traveling quite a bit it just felt safer sometimes Mm -hmm. to be in that space with the person Mm -hmm. right and i i i had to like really just face that like the other day actually just as we're getting ready to like have these conversations like damn test like how much of like your your date like how how did your dating experience or relationship experience like impact like these different spaces that you accessed and Mm -hmm. have been in and now that i'm conscious and aware of it how is that going to be different Mm -hmm. moving forward yeah because there is there is this comfort being with somebody who looks like you who shares similar experiences um there's just less guessing and all of that of course Am I like, but when talking about what is important, what are like those specific, what are the top fives, Mm -hmm. right? For you, what are the top fives like for me and things like that? So I I really struggle with like, there's like some activists who very strongly believe that um, one, that as like a black person, you really shouldn't date outside of your race because then like dating outside or dating specifically like maybe like a white person is just like really leaning into like your own internalized oppression Mm -hmm. and just just kind of like following that trend type of thing Mm -hmm. right and um and like conversely having like a white person date like a black person like how much of that is written to like their own need to alleviate like guilt and different like other sentiment that arise because like hey look and not to say that it doesn't happen because i've I've seen it Mm -hmm. again i've experienced like you know 
parents being like, I can't be racist because I, because my children are biracial Mm -hmm. or I have adopted all of these black Mm -hmm. children, um, or my husband or my wife or my partner, whatever, whoever like is black. Not taking on that accountability. Correct. Their own individual accountability for it. So Mm -hmm. like, I do believe that those, like those sentiments like do exist, um, in our reality, but I don't think that it should be blanketed on us to, like, you should only do this and you should only because when again, once again, if we're leaning into connected like connection and vulnerability, mm-hmm. then who are we to dictate like where that goes? Right, exactly. Who are you to decide that? Or right. like, do, yeah. do you, yeah, it makes sense. It definitely does. It makes me like I was gonna say too. Us getting ready for this episode, I was thinking the same thing because that like of course like I've dated interracially like my <laughs> like with my dating history it's been it's been eclectic i guess you could say <laughs> and then um my longest relationship has been with someone who is a non-black person of color mm-hmm. which is also biracial um but the thing is is um the dating experience for me when i finally like thought like from like young age when i was really really young and i was like starting to like decide okay i'm gonna date whatever like it, the people around me made me feel like I couldn't date anyone that wasn't black. You know Ooh. what I mean? Like, like I've had multiple crushes, but, like, a crush I remember I was, like, in middle school, and, like, I liked this Spanish guy, and, like, all the girls and even the guys around me. Okay, so, like, so the Spanish girls are basically like, you, you don't look like us, so you can't date someone that looks like us. Oh, and my that, So that sucked. And then the... um. The guys, the Spanish guys would be like, oh, well, no, you don't. So basically saying the same mm-hmm. thing the girl said. Mm-hmm. And then the black girls were like, you don't want to date like a black guy. Like, you know, what's your interest in anyone that isn't black and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, who even cares? Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I feel like for me to even get approached and have this conversation. And I was really young. I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. And then think about like this is happening in middle school. This is not wow. something that happened to me as an adult with right. people saying you can't have this because you don't you don't look like this you're not light enough mm. to be dating that person and he, he he definitely was white passing um but like it was funny because at the end of the year like he was my friend so like at the end of the year i just told him like you know i had such a crush on you he's like oh my god me too and then like and i told and then we had the conversation and it, it, it turned and it was fine because obviously like i was young and I'm, i was definitely okay with not having to have a new secret in my life however comma like Having that conversation with him also created a new reality for both of us. Like, we were experiencing things that, at that age, you don't even imagine, but, like, now, okay, now it's it's now begun. Like, you've mm-hmm. now openly found something that could ultimately prohibit you from, from dating the type of person she may like. And so when I did actually first start dating, like, I dated only black people. Like, my first boyfriend and my first girlfriend were both black. Mm-hmm. They um, they were Caribbean. And, like, those... And th- I was also really young, so I don't really... There's certain connections that we had, but I can't say I remember what they are. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone on, I've given myself permission to like who I like, love who I love. And that's in the multitude of areas when it comes from race, but also, like, genders and things like that because of... Of, of my sexuality I guess so mm-hmm. like for me I've had to go through different realms of understanding like understanding that I am able to do as I please I mm-hmm. am able to love whom I choose mm-hmm. and so on but there are people that are going to look at me for a multitude of reasons yes. if I'm dating someone outside of my race they're looking at me for that if I'm yeah. dating someone who, I, who looks like me in the mm-hmm. sense of like um, of my sex and okay I'm being looked 
like looked at it for that. There's mm-hmm. so many different things that you're going to get judged for. And that's where the armor again comes on as well. Mm-hmm. Like having the courage to go out with someone who doesn't look like you, who doesn't have the same life as you, who all these things, when you go out there and you're with that person, like you have to be able to remove those layers of armor of all the things that other people may be thinking about you and that mm-hmm. person and that situation sure. and be present to connect with that person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so is it easier? Is it tougher? Is it this or is that? I don't know. I feel like I've gained different lessons from each experience mm-hmm. from where like I could tell I know there's certain things that I definitely was privileged in receiving because my partner was biracial and, and was white appearing. So we were able to do certain things with ease. And then when I would try to do it by myself, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Or when I started dating or when I date someone that is like within my race or looks like me things I notice that things are tougher I notice Mm. that it takes a little bit longer to do certain things I notice the I the thought of safety crosses my mind a little bit more than it would with someone else yeah Yeah, and safety is like my number one Mm -hmm. so that being a question is is a is a is a huge question like do would you do does that person date a black person yeah like that is something that you think of that's something that they should think of you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you should think if you're gonna date anyone that's outside of your race but like that conversation in your head you know what i mean what if someone meets you and they're like oh so you're that kind of black imagine someone say that to you oh i date i date black people i date a certain type of black person Mm -hmm. like what if like someone who's down with the culture. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like one or the other. So it's kind of like, where do I fit with who do I fit in? Like, you know what I mean? There's certain things like that. Because there is that whole topic of, when it comes to that type of person, it come, it goes from everything we mentioned within colorism. Because some yeah. people are like, oh, if they're too dark, yes. I'm not going to date them. Yes. Or if someone sounds white or sounds black or they sound like they have this whatever or that. Whatever the heck that what means. It, I hate that fucking yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you sound this, whatever, whatever. But it's kind of like that that crosses my mind too like right. what kind of black am i mm-hmm. because i mean in in the realm of how some people think imagine all these guys that have all this um social media access and um access to you know broadcasting themselves they're like oh well i'll, I'll only date a woman if she's yellow bone mm-hmm. if she's light skin if she has soft hair mm-hmm. if she has this or whatever but then like i know things have been shifting recently because now like the the power of melon has definitely been definitely more uh, visible, I should say. Mm-hmm. Definitely more pronounced. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know things have been changing. However, like, that's how people, like, imagine people, we used to be afraid to get too dark at the beach. Oh, yeah. We used to that's find real. the shadiest spot. We right. used to be able, like, no, I can't get any darker than this because then so-and-so won't yeah. like me or I won't be seen as pretty mm-hmm. or whatever. We were getting perms. We were doing all these things to change our look to satisfy what the other person, you know, would be looking for. They're looking mm-hmm. for that kind of black person. Of course. So, yeah, and yeah. as we and and as we like delve like more into like the whole like texturism and colorism, um, you know, just I know for a fact that I've experienced different reactions based on like how I had my hair, mm-hmm. and there was a period of time where my hair was like straight and I had these extensions in, mm-hmm. where like the like oh my goodness, like the response was vastly different than mm-hmm. when I had my hair in like when braids, like, for example. Yes. And so even like looking at that in front of point of view, like dating mm-hmm. and like how like certain people, like 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 men, like was like, well, I prefer like women with long hair, mm-hmm. even if there are extensions mm-hmm. and like, versus like, you know, like the different, different responses that like women have received when they've cut their hair mm-hmm. or when they've like taken their weave out or mm-hmm. when, you know, like whatever the case is, right? Or like men when they shave their beard versus like when they don't, like whenever, like whenever like they, 
like they get like more groomed mm-hmm. like, they're like more like on the metro type of like look versus right. like more like rugged masculine type mm-hmm. of thing and it's just very interesting like how much of that is rooted once again and like and like imperial like colonialism like right. how much of that is like still gets like it's it, it's like it poisons like our water still mm-hmm. to this day right of and course. and you you mentioned that 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 safety and how much of like preparation you have to do even to step out into like a space with someone you're dating Mm -hmm. or and I think that it leads into like the the this question that I think is important for us to ask before we um we wrap up is what does vulnerability mean to you Mm -hmm. that's a big one (laughs) I don't know do you like have you have you taken a second to like think about it and process it I feel like that's a very heavy question um, mm-hmm. because it's, I started to go into like, okay, what does vulnerability look like for me within myself? Mm-hmm. And then if I mix and then do I expect the person that I'm meeting to be in that vulnerable state as well? And what does that look like mm-hmm. to me? You know what I mean? So in the dating sense, mm-hmm. if I'm going to, um, approach the person in, in a vulnerable way, so I have pre-dating you know, things that I do mm-hmm. that, so before I go on a date, I get myself together, I groom, I meditate, I make sure I'm in the right state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have music playing, I want to make sure I'm happy. And then the first date specifically, mm-hmm. I meditate on purpose. I'm like, God, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Make sure I'm entering that space, um, vibing, vibing, um, or vibrating high mm-hmm. and making sure that when I enter that space, I am entering shining bright and not bringing any negativity into that space. And so... This is me creating that, um, or I guess releasing that armor for myself, specifically right now. Mm-hmm. The way that I used to date definitely was different, but right now, for me to create um, that vulnerable space for me, um, for me to enter that space with them, and also for them creating a space for them to enter it with me, I have to make sure that I'm in the right mental space. I have to make sure that I feel ready to meet this person. I have to feel, uh, I feel like I am ready externally, like I look good, I smell good, like that puts me in that, that right headspace. Mm-hmm. So by me doing that, I feel like it's taking off some of my insecurities, taking off some of my layers and really allowing me to like step out there um, as best I can. You know, I actually have a funny story. So there's a first day. <laughs> so for again, my first day has all that included meditation, preparation, you know, beautification, all of it. So I went on a date like a, recently and everything that could go wrong went wrong like my nail appointment canceled and Mm. I rescheduled it but then something happened again that I couldn't do it and I had like my nails done previously but they were like I don't know they were like holding on with like cement bond they would not come off right so I'm like you know what no worries I'm gonna go to another salon before the day I'm gonna look really good no my day got jam-packed literally up until the time it was time for me to get ready to go on a date and I was missing oh I looked so ratchet I had like two nails (laughs) that were not on right Mm -hmm. and then I had plans to like get my you know a pedicure and everything so Mm -hmm. like for pedicures I take all the nail polish off so my nails were my toes were bare my hands had nail had um 
acrylic on. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to paint it. I paint my nails and then something happens where I had to like stop what I was doing. Um, no, I couldn't go to the salon. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do what every girl does. We were going to wear sandals. We paint the nails. No issue. No one's looking at my feet. Oh my gosh. I went to go paint my nails. I get a phone call that I have to go run and pick someone up. It's an emergency. So like, I like, I'm like, fine. It'll just blow in the car. I'll put my AC on my feet. Oh my God. I, put, I get to the <laughs> car after I get back from everything. My toenails are jacked up. Okay. Jacked up. And it's like, I literally need to start getting like literally dressed and out the door. So that happened. And then with, um, okay. So I recently lost like tons of weight. Um, I lost tons of weight. So a lot of times when I want to go somewhere, I have to get like an outfit, but I'm not completely changing the closet just yet. I'm putting on some weight and putting on some muscle. So I'm looking for my sweet spot. So if we have an event, it's a planned event. I'm getting an outfit. Great. So did not get an outfit. I did not get an outfit. Mm -hmm. I really thought that this outfit I had had bought it recently. I was like, you know what? I bought that a month ago. I'm going to be out here looking like a snack. I got this. Oh, my God. I put it on, and I don't know what was going on. Even like, you know, it's like sometimes you put something on, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't yeah. look the way that you imagined it. Mm-hmm. That was trash. Changed it. Um, my The only thing that worked really well was my hair. So imagine my normal ritual is to really beautify myself and get myself ready to go. And as I'm leaving this door, I am literally seconds from crying my eyes out. I was so devastated with the like I looked cute but I didn't look like the way that you should look for like a like a date you mm-hmm. know what I mean but I look mm-hmm. cute like you saw me like oh she's cute but it wasn't like damn she looks good <laughs> like I, how I want it to be mm-hmm. but I'm like you know what it was somewhere like we were going somewhere I wanted to go and I'm like you know what and it's okay you look cute we can do cute and I mm-hmm. left and um it's funny because when we talk about the date now it's kind of funny because we laugh about <laughs> what that looked like and I don't even I don't even want to talk about it but um (laughs) but it's like okay I I was choosing to be completely invested in meeting this person or I had met them previously but we had never gone on a date right Mm -hmm. so like I was like you know what I'm still choosing to be in this space with this person I want to be like I want to be there 100% I want to be vulnerable I want to get to know this person whatever and that conversation of vulnerability did come up for me. Like, do I feel like... Because in that space, you do not have your armor on. You don't. The armor is completely on the ground. Like, you didn't prepare yourself the way that you needed to, whatever. But before I left, I was like, you know what? Let me gain my composure. Let me talk to myself a little bit and give myself that confidence that I need. Because regardless, I look good. If I if I come out with that confidence, that confidence, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah then it's going to be different. And it's like that moment where you decide, hey, I am coming to you not looking my best, even though I'd rather look my best. I'm coming to you, you know, with, with I'm kind of, what's that called? When you're just not, like mentally not feeling your best. So kind of not bummed, but like, dis- not discouraged, but my, maybe it is discouraged. It is a little bit. My expectations were not met. Mm-hmm. So I, I know at that moment I was in a vulnerable state. Yeah. And I was completely okay with being in that state because I put in my mind, if this is the person that I am intended to be with, then I want them to see me in in spaces that, you know, for me, wouldn't be my best. But that's how I know that this person is the person I'm supposed to continue with. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so it was good. And then for me, 
for me, that's what it is. Vulnerability for me is me without my walls up. Vulnerability for me is me being open to really receiving what the person actually thinks. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and knowing it might not be what I expect it to be, even though I'm putting my vulnerable self there. And being vulnerable for me is is me clearing a space for someone else. Ooh. Because I'm allowing, I'm creating that space that you can now enter here with me, and I'm open to hearing you and seeing you, and I would expect the same from you. Yeah. And so when I meet this person and I'm expecting them to be vulnerable, I'm expecting them to be open to receiving me in, in the same light. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's kind of like a cliff note version, I guess, even though that was a little long-winded. What does uh, vulnerability look like to you? Oh, Especially dang. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the spaces that, you, that you've been in, like you've got a chance to like, you've got a chance to see so many different things. Like you are someone who's traveled. You're someone who's had amazing experiences with, with your job background. I feel like you got a chance to be in spaces that I like literally envied because you got to meet people where like you're meeting people that are making great impact. You know what I mean? So when you're meeting people that are making great impacts on like other people's lives, you know that they're on stage being vulnerable and you yourself, in order to really get to know them or find out what they're doing, you have to, you know, be in a vulnerable state yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what would what does that look like for you? What how do you imagine that? Like if you were to personify it, what does that look like? Interestingly enough, th- thank you for asking that question. And thank you for your answer, by the way, because it mm-hmm. I just really just took everything in, like from like being able to just show up even when nothing works is like the biggest like I think act of vulnerability yeah. that there can be in a date like in a dating context. Like because you want to put your best foot forward Mm -hmm. but in that in that specific time and space you're not able to Mm -hmm. and it's just nothing works but you still you show up anyway Mm -hmm. right so i like that you're like vulnerability is showing up anyway yeah um if i were to encapsulate what you what you said um i i find vulnerability to like just the ability to be naked Mm um and interestingly um enough i have always been able to be more vulnerable in spaces where i have to perform a task or a job um or help someone else Mm -hmm. but not when it came to helping myself Mm -hmm. um and that is my biggest struggle to date so when you talk about like being able to go into other spaces of people also like impacting lives and so into a format it's just to me it just comes like kind of second second nature i know that in order for me to drive this connection forward so that i can maybe assist you or empower you mm-hmm. i have to be willing to get into that ring with you i can't expect you sitting across from me as i'm helping you within a work context um I can't expect for you to be vulnerable to me and trust me without me being willing to do the same for you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it comes with the territory. So let's lean into this. Like, all right, like, do we want to, are we going to talk about, you know, I don't know, like what has happened in your life and I'm able to relate to an experience of that. Yes, absolutely. I will share that because I know that is going to fuel that connection. Mm -hmm. Dating. I thought that having open communication and being able to uh, 
intellectualize situation and like pragmatically looking at them and solutions and stuff like that. I hear you. You hear me. Now let's talk about this. I thought that was being vulnerable and I was so full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) My therapist told me. And then you get into that space. Uh, even, right. <laughs> even like beyond like the, 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 the therapies, because I've used a lot of like the, the, the chances I've had to like talk to someone impartial to like work on like stuff that has happened in the past and how that has affect, impacted me as a person, mm-hmm. but not as like it relates to like the, the then the, uh, the interpersonal exchange, right? Or intimate exchanges. So, because I know like it's one sided. So like I can tell my, you know, a therapist or somebody like all day about like what this person did, this person and how it affected me. And they're going to give me tools and 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 advice on my perception of the situation, but I'm not they're not getting their the other person's angle. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of skewed. Um, but when it came to like dating and like relationship, I think that over the last year or so I've realized that I am I struggle with being vulnerable. I struggle with being naked like, and and allowing the person to see all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, it's something that I am working on because I've noticed that though I am not willing to be as vulnerable, I do expect that vulnerability that you talk about from mm-hmm. From others. From the from the other person. Mm. And how can and that's not fair. So that is something that I'm currently working on. Just like how do I allow myself to need something or need someone? How do I allow myself to say, hey, like I am struggling with this and I need you to step into that ring with me. Right. Because I've always been on the other side saying, okay, I'll step in with you. Right. It's always been like a choice. Tap but then in. what happens when it's not a choice? Right. What happens in it when it's like, in order for you to move to the next step of this dynamic, you have to let that person in. Right. To your ring. Not That's you stepping into space. theirs. Right. right. And I'm so willing to be like, it's okay. You don't let go. Trust me. I got you. I got this for you. Yeah. But then I'm like, but no, but like nobody else got me but me. Right. But then do I got me? <laughs> and it's not something that, right. But like, I can't catch myself, you know, like somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. I like that. <laughs> and so I have to actually trust. That's a big one. Because I can't like dismember myself and catch my like it just even can't though I work. really want to. I if really I can want, catch myself, right? bro, see, I'll be the most self sufficient person out there. We both struggle with vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, like I have to admit, I do. Like I'm, I'm definitely tapping into more of the vulnerable realm, like with understanding mm-hmm. what vulnerability is. Mm-hmm. But I haven't quite reached that that point of being vulnerable. But I know myself. I know yeah. how hard it was. Even us talking about this i was like i want to do this i want to talk about this but like the i like when it came down to having the conversation about it i've i've definitely stumbled and i've come to like walls really trying to evade like you know like the the real topic of vulnerability like yeah. it's tough but we're we're doing it and mm-hmm. this is huh, this is a journey that we've both like decided on yeah, taking let's yeah let's talk about it as it relates to like how we love as it relates to like how we you know um like have like have sex how we get intimate and mm. how we express that how mm. we date across like you know genders and um sexualities and races and ethnicities so i'm really excited i'm really excited to continue this conversation right are you 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I think we're going to be able to dive into a lot of like um, topics because when it comes to vulnerability, there's so many things to dive into. And then there's like, like when, when you have the expectation of vulnerability of the other person, like what does that look like for you? Like, do you feel comfortable enough to ask them certain questions? Do you feel like in order to enter that um, safe space where you're talking about sex and you're having the conversation of how things should look like or you want them to look like in the future, does, does, is that a form of vulnerability of asking? or are You you know what I mean? There's so mm-hmm. many things that goes into it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like once we start to really dive into it and tap into what all these things may mean for both us, them, and for the collective, of course, it's going to really put us in a new headspace of, dang, like, have I been doing this correctly? Do I mm-hmm. feel like I'm going about this the right way? Do I feel like I'm becoming more vulnerable? Or do I feel like I'm adding another layer onto my armor? Like, is mm-hmm. this something, is, is this a facade that I'm painting? Or is this actually something that I'm creating? Mm. And that's something, as adults, like, we play all these different roles because we're parents, we're, we're, um, we're professionals, we're this, we're that. And there's different levels of vulnerability that you have to have in order to fit those roles. But then, like, do you put on that mask or are you actually being that way? And if you mm. are putting on a mask, do you feel like it's a, like, do you feel like it's stopping you from really getting to where you need to be to be successful in that space, to be, you know, in love, to be prosperous, to be happy? There has to be levels of vulnerability that you're hitting. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like you're really giving yourself that space? Like, and then does that mean, too, if you're being vulnerable for yourself, are you the person that's catching yourself at the end? Mm. I actually wrote about that. I wrote that I no longer wanted to be in love in in a way that's like madly in love, drunk in love, Mm -hmm. you know, high on love or anything like that, because I don't want to have that expectation that whatever this is that I'm feeling for this person, it now puts them in the space where they have to catch me. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to catch me. And then I know that that's a problem with my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to... Instead of falling and having you catch me, why can't I just climb down? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I have a parachute? Why didn't I plan for for this so Mm -hmm. that I can be successful in the end? And that's something I actually real life think about. The idea of trusting another person to be vulnerable with me to where I accept it 100% Mm -hmm. is scary. It is scary. And what? Like therapy right now. It's amazing. It's absolutely scary. Oh man. Yeah. I I would love to be able to hear and hopefully, um, hopefully our listeners were able to just kind of tap into their own like headspace as well as it relates to like their own, like maybe experiences, um, related to like dating or being in a relationship or being married or Mm -hmm. what, you know, what have you. And just like their own connection, to even the term vulnerability, but also like how they've been able to put that in praxis, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just I'm very curious as to like what it means, like what vulnerability means to like more people. Right. And how has that impacted like their relationship and their dating life and right. and um just all aspects because really vulnerability fuels connection. And I and I'm looking forward to like kind of going into a little bit more about like this this not a standard definition, but like some what experts um, or people who have researched that topic at length, um, looking at you, Renee Brown, uh, <laughs> Renee Brown, um, just like how like she defined it and defined vulnerability for for herself and like the process by, like through which she went mm-hmm. in order to get to that space to begin with right. and how that has like just wonderfully impacted like her relationships moving forward. I I I think that this is this is great in so many ways because not only are we learning so much 
about different things. We're learning a lot about each other, but mm-hmm. we're also learning a lot about ourselves because right. it really puts us in this whole thing is a whole vulnerability exercise, it right? Is. It really is. Um, and and we're and we're just like peeling and peeling layers and layers. And I'm just like so excited that I feel safe um, in this space. Same. And I feel like you can catch me, mm-hmm. and I want you to. Yeah. And I want to catch you, and I don't feel like I have to. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with us, I feel like something as we as okay being we've experienced a lot of similar things i feel like trusting you to catch me has been simpler mm. than others um i definitely struggle point. with trust with i don't struggle with trust when it comes to i trust that this person won't do certain things or i trust this person whatever whatever mm-hmm. but then trusting someone to do something for me to ensure that I succeed and I am successful, it's hard for me to completely give someone else that trust and then be like, okay, I now entrust you with this and I know that you will do your absolute best. And th- that whole thing is tough. It's a very tough one for me. So I wanted to ask the listeners, mm-hmm. that way when we are diving further into it, it's a, a conversation. I look forward to like seeing it on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Is what does vulnerability look like to you, like the audience mm-hmm. member? What does that look like in all aspects of your life? Do you feel like you've reached that level of vulnerability where you feel like you're being heard or you feel like you're creating a space to be heard or you're creating a space for someone else to be heard? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What does that look like to you? And and be able to have that conversation. So I definitely want us to take that and um, put it out there into the into the podcast universe. And let's do it. So that when we um, go and move go on to episode four, mm-hmm. we can see the responses of some of our listeners and see what people are thinking, if they're thinking similarly. Is it something that we should dive further into? Because vulnerability in this space <laughs> it's that's a big one for me it's a big one for me so um definitely take that question think about it ponder yes. about it and see what it means for you and let us know what you think on our instagram at yes. my movement podcast yes please let us know yes 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 and of course we're on all the different platforms so if there's any comments that you have you can reach out to us on any of those but um, we would love to hear from you and find out what your answer is and let us continue the conversation I'm so I'm excited for the next <laughs> the next yeah, well, the next chapter you. the next episode the we continuation like of this yeah. yeah we like the research part that's one thing that that we have in common the research like hearing from people and knowing what they think and be like wow really that person feels that not even mm-hmm. that person but any person feeling a type of way and opening up perspective yeah like being taking taking ourselves out of our own bubble and really seeing what it looks like from another perspective mm-hmm. I love it it blows my mind so I'm excited, I'm excited about it too. Thank you so much, Anne, for stepping into this vulnerable space with me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and grateful we had it. Me too. This has been the Melanie Movement Podcast with Tess and Anne. Until next time. Until next time. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.